From the newsrooms of the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age, this is The Morning Edition. I'm Samantha Selinger-Morris. It's Thursday, February 29th. She's been ridiculed and threatened, and though she continues to spend millions on her campaign, she has yet to win a single primary in the race to become the Republican presidential nominee. To top it off, there's virtually no chance she can beat Donald Trump, her only other Republican opponent. So why does Nikki Haley stubbornly continue to fight in this race? Today, international and political editor Peter Harcher on what Nikki Haley can still achieve even when she's destined to lose this nomination, and what Donald Trump still stands to lose while she stays in the race. So, Peter, before we get into why you think Nikki Haley is actually still fighting to be the Republican presidential nominee, can you tell me a bit about who Nikki Haley is and what does she stand for? Nikki Haley is the most politically qualified uh, woman ever to stand in a Republican primary race for the presidency. She's been a twice-elected governor of South Carolina, plus she's been a cabinet member in the Trump cabinet. She served as the US ambassador to the UN. She's 52, which makes her a generation younger than both Trump and Joe Biden. Her parents are immigrants from India, which Donald Trump has uh, chosen to pick on as a way to try to alienate her from the electorate. He makes fun of her the Indian name that she was born with, although she's gone by her middle name of Nikki for many decades. Trump posting on Truth Social, writing anyone listening to Nikki Nimrata Haley's whacked out speech last night would think that she won the Iowa primary. He's used the phrase, oh yeah, that's her wherever she's from, uh, implying that she's you know born elsewhere and therefore illegitimate. Ineligible to be president because her parents were not U.S. citizens when she was born. It's a bit of a rerun of the Bertha campaign against Barack Obama. So it's it's completely false, but that's his one of his routes to damaging her. You have people that put America last, and Nikki is somebody that puts America last. I, Nikki Haley is a disaster. She worked for me for a long time. I mean, I know. And she's a very, very determined, and as we're discovering, very plucky woman as well. And she represents the more traditional Republican values. I believe in creating a country where anyone can do anything and achieve their own American dream. I'm fighting for all of us because all of us have to be in this together. Trump, of course, has moved the party into a pretty ratty, populist, uh, madcap mode. Nikki Haley still advocates the traditional Republican values of free trade and international engagement. Real national unity comes from boldly proclaiming our national purpose and persuading opponents to join us. My purpose is to save our country from the downward spiral of socialism and defeatism. I aim to move America upward toward... Whereas Trump, as we well know, has thrown himself into not only protectionism, but also a selective isolationism. I will simply say this. May the best woman win. And so tell me, how has she actually been performing in the primaries to date? Badly is the short answer. In one sense, she's done very well. So a few months ago, all the talk was about Ron DeSantis 
uh, the Florida governor as the big risk that Trump faced. Nikki Haley has completely eclipsed Ron DeSantis and emerged as, well, the only uh, remaining Republican obstacle between Trump and the nomination. And in her home state of South Carolina, where it would have been her best shot at getting close to victory, she didn't. She got 40% and Trump got 60 That's pretty decisive. Voters in South Carolina taking to the polls yesterday. Trump defeated Republican challenger Nikki Haley in her own home state. He spoke to his supporters last night. And she's now lost four primaries in a row. Former President Donald Trump just won his fourth straight Republican primary election. She's facing one in Michigan very shortly where polling average puts her at a 57 point deficit to Trump. So she's lining up to take a pasting in Michigan as well. Uh, but that isn't slowing her down. She says she's determined to go ahead with that. Uh, and all the other primaries that are occurring between now and on Super Tuesday. So tell me about this, because my understanding is some of these losses have been particularly humiliating, especially South Carolina. I've seen it said that, you know, in any other contest, a popular two-term governor and former UN ambassador would be presumed to take her home state. So was that a really humiliating loss for her? She's not shown any symptoms of humiliation, but it's certainly got to hurt. But it's also just a reminder of how dominant Trump is and how much he's come to, while he he doesn't have a monopoly, obviously, because she still had 40% of the vote. Uh, Just what a crushing dominance that he has over that party uh, and how craven many Republicans who have long had different values to him have now embraced his simply to ride on his political coattails. Okay, so let's get into why Nikki Haley is just still in this race. You know, she's yet to win a single primary. And as you've written, running has come at great personal cost to her, both financially to a certain degree and even in terms of how she feels about her personal security. So what do you think she might be hoping to achieve by continuing to run? Yeah, that's the big mystery, the big question that everybody's speculating about. She's spent many millions of her donors' uh, funds, including, um, she's had to, of course, put up some of her own inevitably. For example, in South Carolina alone, her campaign spent an estimated $10 million uh, just in South Carolina. So it's very expensive. But yeah, as you say, also her personal safety has been threatened. She's had to face um, a number of threats, dangers, and risks, including this charming practice called swatting. And this is been done twice now to Nikki Haley. Rival Nikki Haley was the target of a second swatting attempt on New Year's Day, two days after a man called in a fake emergency at a South Carolina home that led to law enforcement pointing guns at Haley's elderly parents. The previous and after that, she asked for Secret Service protection. That was a month ago. She still hasn't got it. So it's a very dangerous, you know, you have to be pretty plucky to put up with all of that and go through. So yes, why persist when she hasn't got a chance of winning? She cannot win the Republican nomination. So there are five big uh, factors uh, here, Samantha. So the first and the traditional reason for staying on longer than you might normally is in the hope that the leading candidate will include you in a unifying gesture in his cabinet or even make you vice president. And she would bring a lot to the ticket because... Uh, a Fox News analysis showed, for example, that 59% of people who say they'll vote for uh, Nikki say that they would never vote for Trump, even if he became the nominee. So she brings a big chunk of votes who otherwise wouldn't go to him. So she would add something to the ticket. 
but they've had such a fun time insulting each other. So the insults have probably gone too far for that to be a reality. And both of them say they're not interested in, in uh, joining forces, although anything is possible. A second reason is that she's positioning herself as the automatic fallback for the Republicans in the event that Trump is locked up between now and election day, uh, which is, of course, a live possibility. He has four cases involving 91 criminal charges against him. <laughs> so God. It's, it's sort of a, uh, I, I don't know, it's a sort of a lotto, really, of whether he gets through to the presidency uh, for or after going to jail. And then there's the information which was brought to, to my attention that donors of hers in the US have asked her to stay in the race, even though she can't win, as a way of forcing Donald Trump to spend his own money and his own campaign's money on all of the campaigning that's going on because there's a, it's a very expensive, and Super Tuesday because it's across so many states at once, is enormously expensive. Now, the, the, the key factor here is that once somebody becomes the confirmed nominee, the Republicans, then the Republican Party itself, the Republican National Committee, steps in and, and funds the campaign. But by uh, delaying that as long as possible, Nikki Haley's supporters apparently are trying to force Trump to uh, spend his own war chest to weaken him. It's, it's a way of uh, punishing him, but also preserving some of the RNC's own funds and I guess, trying to damage him and, he, and deplete his resources for the general election and for life thereafter. And that, of course, comes off the back of him being whacked with something like a $430 million bill that he has to pay to New York State uh, that a judge recently handed down. Yes, life is becoming very expensive for Donald Trump. The uh, fourth possibility is that Nikki Haley is positioning herself for the next election, 2028, in the event that either... Trump loses this one or or wins it and becomes president again, that in a post-Trump world, assuming he's cooperative enough to actually be prepared to acknowledge and his, his term limit and leave the White House, that she would be the leading Republican candidate. Uh, and in the meantime, she is reminding the Republican Party forcefully of Republican traditional values, pointing up uh, Trump's weaknesses, pointing up Trump as an aberration for the Republican Party, uh, and positioning herself potentially as the I told you so candidate if it all falls over or Trump and or the Republican Party so that that she's looking to 2028. And the final possibility, which is quite intriguing and has been speculated about quite a bit in the last few days in the US, is that she is considering running as an independent. So if the Republicans won't have her to stand as an independent candidate for the presidency, uh, running against both Trump and Biden. We'll be right back. Okay, so Peter, can you actually walk me through this? I mean, how could Haley run as an independent candidate for the presidency this late in the game? It's very difficult because the logistics of getting onto the ticket, getting onto the ballot paper across the 50 US states, all of which, of course, conduct it's a very unwieldy process, but conduct their own elections. It requires tens of thousands of signatures, lots of money, and usually takes a lot of time. So it's getting extremely late in the piece to do that. So it could be just impossible, but it might still be just feasible. Uh, one vehicle that she could choose to use for such a run is a newly prominent outfit called No Labels. No Labels is a non-profit that has set itself up to give the American people an option is how they put it, 
the choice that you don't have to choose between the Republicans and Democrats, that they present themselves as a centrist a third force. They say they have 70 million US dollars in the bank. They're looking for a presidential candidate to back. And they say they are, quote, definitely, unquote, interested in talking to Nikki Haley about her standing as their candidate. And she has disowned the idea. She has said that she hasn't talked to anybody about anything other than running as a Republican. But it is an intriguing possibility. And it could really be, if she were to do it, a wild card in the presidential race. And so as it stands, though, how much damage, if any, is Nikki Haley doing to Trump and Biden just by continuing to campaign in these primaries? She's doing Trump a lot of uh, a lot of damage, which is why he's so frustrated and, and angry with her. He fully expected that she'd be gone by now. I don't think she's doing any damage to Joe Biden, uh, but she really is piling on the damage, reminding sceptical and centrist and traditional Republicans of the reasons they really don't like Donald Trump. And not only has he been very unpleasant in his campaign style against her, which is no surprise, but she just is a standing reminder that he hasn't unified the party, that um, he doesn't represent the country. She makes the point when she was asked in the last couple of days why she was continuing in this race when she couldn't win. She said, because I'm doing what's right and I'm doing what 70% of the American people want me to do. And it is true that consistently in the polling, something like 60 to 70% of Americans say they don't want Trump or Biden. And she says she's catering to that majority of the American public. Not to mention the fact that, I mean, as we record this on Wednesday, we're still awaiting the results from the Michigan primary. But certainly in South Carolina, yes, it was a decisive win for Donald Trump, but it was somewhat underwhelming, wasn't it? I mean, she did get nearly 40% of the vote. And that is a lot still, isn't it? Yes, when it's become clear that she can't win, to continue to vote for her is really a protest vote against Trump. And so, Peter, just to wrap up, I wanted to ask you about, you know, Nikki Haley's overarching campaign. You know, she's urging voters to, quote unquote, make America normal again. She says, you know, it's the heart and soul of our country that's at stake here. So I'm just wondering what your reflections are on the fact that, you know, in all of the primaries to date, you know, Americans seem to be resoundingly rejecting this pitch of hers. Yes, make America normal again, manner, as in manner from heaven. And I think a lot of US allies around the world would love to see a normal America as manner from heaven. We'd love to have it back. It's not happening. Um, mm. The Trump support base is essentially, in my view, not wanting a return to normal. These are people who have given up on uh, American normal, what we used to think of as American normal given up on the American dream and are looking to a candidate who will smash the elites and break the system that they've come to loathe. And that's what Trump represents. So for the people who do want to return to to, uh, what used to be normal, Nikki Haley is your candidate, but for the Trump people, which is obviously the majority by far in the Republican Party, it's not about return to normal. Uh, It's about uh, breaking normal and establishing some yet-to-be-defined new normal. And so just to sort of drill down into that a little bit, I mean, Nikki Haley has long criticized Trump for increasing the national debt. I believe he recently announced that he plans on placing a 10% tariff on all imports coming into America, which I know is is worrying a lot of people. She's accused him, of course, of warming up to dictators, promoting an isolationist foreign policy. So this is what Americans want? Or do you think they're just just not really thinking about that? There's nothing coherent in the set of policies that 
Trump is putting out, although the tendencies that you've mentioned are there, the, the th those themes of protectionism and isolationism are real, it's a mess. And look, in my uh, definition, it's a populist movement that Trump leads, a right-wing populist movement. The word populism, the definition, there are many, but the one I prefer is the one that populism is a political style that promises unworkably simplistic solutions to complex problems. Uh, when Trump promises to, to achieve all these wonderful things of, of making America great again and making everybody wonderful and happy, none of the policies add up to achieve that. And he doesn't really even try to make a plausible case to connect his ideas with outcomes. It's all just assertions and bluffs. Well, I know I'll be watching this very closely as the primaries rack up, so thank you so much, Peter, for your time. It's a pleasure, and Nikki Haley can take some satisfaction in, as she put it, uh, preventing a American uh, primary turning into a Soviet-style operation with just one candidate. Indeed. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Samantha. Today's episode of The Morning Edition was produced by Julia Carcatzel, with technical assistance by David McMillan. Our executive producer is Ruby Schwartz. The Morning Edition is a production of The Age and the City Morning Herald. If you enjoy the show and want more of our journalism, subscribe to our newspapers today. It's the best way to support what we do. Search The Age or smh.com.au forward slash subscribe. And sign up for our Morning Edition newsletter to receive a comprehensive summary of the day's most important news, analysis and insights in your inbox every day. Links are in the show notes. I'm Samantha Selinger-Morris. This is The Morning Edition. Thanks for listening.